Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we dig into some of our favorite games and discuss what we can learn from them, and just why we like them. For those of you counting, this is episode 30, and is coming at you on September 20th, 2018. My name is Chase Strollenberg, and I'm joined today by... Um, let's go with Stu Gritter this time. Yeah, I like Stu Gritter. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, Stu, <laughs> Stu Gritter, yeah. Stu Gritter, how are you today, Stu? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, yeah, so anybody who is entering this, entering, entering into this podcast for the first time, thank you. I consent. I allow you to enter into this podcast. You are welcome. Um, hope, uh, uh, we just had a mess uh, right before the start of this yeah, podcast. It was, it was so beautiful. Yeah, we're in a weird mood. Um, that said, uh, consent is not a joke. Um, so for anybody who's joining us for the first time, this is a podcast that is supposed to be about um, the things that we can learn from our most uh, cherished uh, gaming memories. So either video games, tabletop games. Eventually, I expect we'll get to a role-playing game. Um, I don't think we've actually done that yet. Eh? No, we haven't yet. And um, when we say educational, uh, I'm not just talking about the academic stuff. I mean, sure, spelling, geography comes up a lot. Arithmetic, sometimes, not that much. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, there's other stuff that goes on. So like uh, the gaming literacy stuff, things like strategy, um, can, uh, technical control, stuff like that. That's really cool. We dig into some of that. We also dig into some of the social, um, aspects of it too. So our last episode with, uh, well, no, not our last episode, sorry, episode 25, which mm-hmm. will have recently been released, even though this is episode 30, uh, we talked with, uh, Fred Rojas about Magic the Gathering. That's one of the precious in my mind because it's one of the last ones I listened to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just like the, the social implications of playing games like that in large groups, playing in drafts versus playing in tournaments versus just playing one-on-one on the playground. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. If that sounds cool to you, if that sounds interesting and we haven't scared you with, away with how weird we are already, um, maybe this is the podcast for you. So Stu, right off the top, before we jump into our regular sections, um, was there anything you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing off the top of my head, no. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I also have nothing. I just love to leave that open, just in case. You never know. Um, sometimes you might have something you want to get off your chest. Yeah. Okay, so then we're going to move into our next segment, which is what we learned this week. (laughs) Stu, I'm going to be honest with you. Not this week, this month. Although we are, we're doing pretty good. This will be two episodes in a single month. Um, so... Uh, this is this this is the segment of the show where we discuss what we learned about gaming this month. Um, Stu and I love tech and we love gaming news. So remember, if you ever want us to talk about an article that you encounter, you just want to know what our opinions are, um, either like about video games, about tech, about uh, any type of gaming system, how it impacts learning, anything like that. Feel free to send it to us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail dot com. That's learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. And I promise you, we'll talk about it. Because <laughs> we, we love that shit. Yeah. So, um, Stu, did you have it? Uh, you sent me a video. <gasps> Do you remember sending it to me? No. Oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> Do, we don't have to talk about it. 
<laughs> we can. I may uh, have. I may have watched it. Let me quick. You do you, and then I'll, I'll look that up. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, today. You so I was. I was relying oh. on you to be a professional amateur professional podcaster. What? Professional, professional amateur. Nothing. Yeah, professional amateur <laughs> podcaster. Um, here, I'm going to tell oh, you. It yes, was failure yes, yes. Failure spectrum from game. This is. Um, uh, it's it was a YouTube video thrown up by Mark Brown. Um, I guess he does a series of uh, Game Maker's Toolkit. He calls it just ser- um, things for designers to keep in mind. And this one was really interesting because he talked about uh, he mostly talked about stealth games, but the way designers can make their games not suck to fail. Mm-hmm. And he focused a little bit on stealth games. I think it's an easier genre to tackle where. Um, especially if you're rewarded for doing well, then in a stealth game, that might mean getting through a mission without ever being spotted. So in that case, if a player wants to do well, that means as soon as they get spotted, in order to kind of get the max score for that level, they have to load a saved game. As soon as you make any mistake, you have to like stop playing and load it rather than, um, I think you used, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 as an example of a game that has many, many states between failure and having a way out. You know, there, there are so many kind of stages. It's almost like game states. Um, but it, it was an interesting thing because it can teach people to uh, keep kind of keep rolling with the punches and continue through. Like, as soon as you make a mistake, that's okay. You kind of just... Yeah tuck and roll kind of thing yeah uh rather than the you know like playing super mario on an emulator and just keeping the the game states you know keeping that quick load quick save ready to <laughs> to click you know as yeah, soon as you make a mistake I've it's never just done that i've never done that i mean I, I do it for role-playing games but it's just like another way of saving like when i turn the game off the game's yeah. still there when i come back and yeah. i also still save for emulators um but uh, I can understand why someone might do that, especially if you know something's going to be difficult. Um, yeah. yeah, being able to do that now compared to what it was like back when the games were bright and shiny and new on the regular Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. uh, there is some value in in doing that sometimes. Um, but I've, I've never done it personally. Um, cool. Well, I mean, that's important. Um, that's interesting. That's something that I probably should have watched before we started talking <laughs> tonight. So I'd have a bit of a more informed opinion on it. Um, I feel like gaming, depending on the types of games, some games do a very, very good job of, uh, conditioning you, uh, for failure. Um, and some of them don't, I don't know. The new XCOM's kind of tricky. I was thinking about how like brutal it is yeah. because you can actually have a save that you are losing. Yeah. And you literally play five or six more rounds in without even realizing that you're done. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just because maybe you lost an integral character. And I mean, the the, the thing about XCOM is it's not like your characters are um, like they have significant meaning. It's just like there is a valuable character that was in your party that died or was taken out of commission. And it means that things are just going to get escalating harder now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's, I, I do feel like that sort of reflects a very real, 
uh, thing that occurs in in the real world. Like uh, escalating failure is is very real. Um, you take out some of your best players, and that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Especially in in a cruel <laughs> environment like what XCOM Two produces. Um, I don't know. I've always sort of valued those lessons, even if they do really piss you off at the time. Um, I mean, there are some some older games that have like lessons you could never possibly learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's tricky because sometimes the lesson that you need to learn isn't readily clear. It's kind of like how in tabletop wargaming stuff, uh, it's all about positioning. So it, yes. it it has nothing. It people often look at the dice or like a slight missed thing or a mismeasurement or blah 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 blah. But when it boils down to it, the mistake was made a turn or two previous, and that's the situation that needs to be investigated. But it's really hard to um, absorb the, those lessons. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Because our brains don't always think like that. You have to train them that way. Um, Hmm. Okay. Well, that's that's cool. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. make sure that there's a link to that video in the show notes, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch that myself at some point. It's it's worth um, it. It's ten minutes, and it's yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Uh, ten minutes I can spare. Um. Hmm. Hmm. But didn't today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I guess to, uh, for the sake of fluffing this one up a little bit, um, I did some. Okay. They're not. I'm not going to say it's bad, um, mostly because what I'm doing it for is access to games that I'll never be able to play again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, over the last month, I was able to successfully acquire a NES Classic Mini and a SNES Classic Mini. So the tiny, impossible-to-get Nintendo uh, machine that had like uh, 60 games installed on it and then the tiny impossible to get Super Nintendo machine that had like 30 games on it. Yeah. Um, so I got both of those. And then my, the first thing I did before I even plugged them into a TV was I hacked them. And then put a bunch of stuff that I wanted on them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's really interesting is um, the community that has grown around that aspect of these devices. So like for lack of a better term, I'm not going to say illicit, but like just the experimental and also just seeing like what you can do yeah. when you really start to manipulate what is going on inside these machines. Um, just uh, for the sake of comfort, um, I do most of the manipulation on the SNES Classic because the controller, the native controller, is the the Super Nintendo controller, which is one that I spent a lot of time with growing up. And it's it's got um, six playable buttons, then the start and the select and the D-pad. Um, so it's like got the two top bumpers and the, the four buttons on the side and then the D-pad and the start and select. Um Things that you can do with these devices, just because of uh, the nature of what they are, uh, people have have been able to basically stuff other machine emulators into them. So, for uh, for my Genesis, I can also or for my Genesis. Wow. <laughs> for my uh, for my uh, SNES Classic. So for, for my Super Nintendo Classic, um, I've got Genesis games on there. I've got Game Boy games on there. 
I've got Game Boy Advance games on there. I've got um, Turbo Graphics games on there, and I'm gonna start <laughs> experimenting with PlayStation One games because you can fit them on there too. Oh, nice. Um, those will eat up space quick. Yeah. Um, especially the bigger games like Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy Seven is like what three discs? Three discs. Yeah. I think it comes out at a gig total um, when you uncompress all of those discs together. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure how much I'm going to be able to do, but there are a few older RPGs that only came out on one disc that I don't think are that big. And those are the ones that I want to play, and they're the ones that are hard to get, and you don't yeah. really, you don't really see them getting re-released anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm after. Um, Konami, re-release, Sukiyoden, all right? You've got a great collection there. People want to play it, but for whatever reason, they never will. Anyway, um so yeah, I'm I'm gonna do what people on the internet do, and uh, yeah, it's just it's been fun. It's been fun to manipulate something, and it it be so intuitive and easy. And more specifically, it was fun to watch this community just explode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because modding communities are always interesting. Um, they come up with some like really innovative solutions to stuff. And when I initially bought my NES or my my NES Classic, which was the first one that I got, it was great to just be able to easily and conveniently put stuff on it uh, that wasn't on there, and and then just play it in that that native UI, the the user interface, which is really really nice. Like Nintendo did a very good job of setting all that up, and that's one of the other things that makes it such a joy is I just I can plug it into any HDMI uh, device and make it play go. it. And it's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, the SNES Classic, is it's the same experience. It's just there's a lot, I put a lot more on there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. more on there. So, um, And that was, for me, that was a learning experience. Um, all of the ROMs that I had, I, I can't tell people where to get them. I can tell people that it's a lot harder to get them now. Um, but, like, the ROMs that I'm using are for games, like, aside from the stuff that comes on the device itself, are for games that are a lot harder to get these days so um yeah yeah so i don't i'm not like rationalizing the whole (laughs) piracy (laughs) side of this um there's not a lot of good arguments for it the preservation argument's actually pretty hollow um but uh yeah the games that that i'm trying to play on these devices are games that i can't find anywhere else so that's why i do it well i mean stuff like uh um Oh, not good old games. It used to be like the Underdogs and some other freeware s- sites, like Abandonware sites, basically. Yeah, Abandonware is a good example for, for PC stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. And it was it's just been a lot of fun. Like, um, I, I've almost had as much fun sticking stuff on the machines as I have playing the stuff that I stick on the machines, <laughs> yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so I, that's also sort of a sign of getting older. <laughs> but well, there's some joy uh, in tinkering. Yeah, yeah. The, the joy the joy of tinkering is real. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. So yeah. I don't really have anything else today. I'm sorry. Um, uh, okay. Well, then, just to, to make sure it's still on our radar, uh, loot boxes are a thing, and I think there are something like 20 countries now that have banned loot boxes and different things. Yeah, in the EU. to reference for that? Uh, something I probably could have been looking up instead of petting my cat, eh? 
<laughs> like it's good that you brought it up, but yeah, I feel like you Ooh. like kind of dropped the ball a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, not just throwing it out there. Well, because I mean, who really wants to fucking talk about loot boxes more? Okay, but here's the thing: I'm still playing gotcha games today. There's tons of them on on the on mobile on the mobile phone on the mobile phone. There's tons of them on mobile. Um, Right, like so, Google Play. I'm I'm in a new one. Like I'm playing a new one right now. Um, what's it called? Nope, I'm not gonna say it because it's anime as hell. Um, and uh, I'm also playing. Like, say you're playing Fortnite. Fortnite still has those weird pinatas. Um, I don't think a lot of people engage with them because it was mostly a single player thing. But they're 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 in there. Um, they exist. Hmm. Hmm. I think. I don't know. I haven't loaded Fortnite in a long time. I own it. I just never played it. Hmm. Multiplayer. And I feel like there's probably still that crate mechanic in, um... Uh... Just about everything? Uh, yeah. PUBG. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it, it hasn't gone anywhere, yeah. really. It's just, you don't pay for it as much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it probably had very specific targets, like specifically loot boxes you could only get with money. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, everybody sort of cleaned up their act and tried to figure out how to monetize things differently. Um, yeah. What's, in, what's interesting, what's really interesting is um, I played a little bit of Destiny 2. I don't know if we talked enough about it uh, last time uh, because it was free on uh playstation plus they just they're giving it they're giving it away but they were giving it away right when one of the best expansions they've ever released is coming out for the game and the community is really starting to turn around and enjoy it Mm -hmm. um so it's like the best time to get the largest possible audience um and then try to bait them into into buying content now i haven't paid for anything uh for that game and i don't think that i will because i i'm not convinced that i'll play it anymore because like i said last time i talked about destiny 2 it tries really hard to be a blend of halo and warframe yeah and maybe a couple of other things and each of those games do their job independently just fine I don't need I don't need um, Destiny for that. Yeah. And actually, I reinstalled Warframe, and I've been messing around in that again. Of course. That's allowed. <clears throat> Super allowed. This just—it's always a consistently fun game. I think it's a, yeah. it's relatively easy to kind of bounce in as long as you're not super concerned about progression it's easy to bounce in and just run a few levels yeah um uh yeah as a heads up i'm letting (laughs) just so you know i'm gonna let a few people into our dojo just so that they can mess around with their labs yeah um not giving them any permissions to move stuff or build stuff but uh most people don't have access to the type of labs that we have and it's just because we've been playing this game since launch (laughs) That's fair. So, yeah. so we had like vast inventories a long time ago, and yeah. that's how I was able to build as much as I could. Yeah, as well as throwing a little bit of money at the game, but not that much. So, um, 
Anyway, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's get into the meat of the show. Let's yeah. uh, let's talk. Let's talk about what we learned from gaming. So, <clears throat> this is the section of the show where we pick a game uh, that we've played, and we describe what we learned from it. So it's episode thirty, which means it's a collaboration episode. It's uh, an episode where we talk about a game that we've both played, and we've been wanting to talk about this game for a little while. So the game we want to talk about today is World of Warcraft. I burped off the mic. So, oh, sure, um, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the the basics of World of Warcraft, so where it came from. It was designed by Blizzard Entertainment. It was published by Blizzard Entertainment. It hit the scene November, actually late November. It was past uh, Black Friday, and that was 2004. Yep. Um, came out before YouTube was a thing, if you can remember that. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh genre type it's a third person mmorpg uh core mechanics um you create a custom character and you level them through a series of live action battles and after leveling you choose talents skills and specializations all while also grinding for loot and when i say grinding for loot i mean um killing escalatingly harder bosses in the hopes of getting a piece of equipment because another aspect of this game was there was a ragdoll menu for your character where you could put armor into slots very much like Diablo and it's not like WoW was going to sue Diablo because it was the same designer they stole the idea and they put it into another game because it works oh, paper doll inventory was around a long time before Diablo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, I, I remember the first time I saw the user uh, interface, I was just like, wow, it's just like Diablo. It's like Diablo, but Warcraft. Um, so, uh, we can talk about pros and cons and all that stuff later. Why don't we talk about how we encountered this game, why it's significant to us? Starting with you, oh, unless you don't want to. I guess... Um how how did I come across the game? I don't know. Uh, I was still in high school when buzz about this game was floating around. That's how... That... Man, that was a long time ago. So I was aware of World of Warcraft. Yeah, when, when people would still be talking about <laughs> games at, <laughs> like, fucking spare oh, at high school do okay so yeah here here i'm gonna i'm gonna help you out i'll lay the framework okay so um i was playing and th it had just been released like recently released uh i was playing warcraft 3 um i think geez when did warcraft 3 release uh but i remember it was like my second year of university and um shortly after warcraft 3 hit and i remember even just watching the video for warcraft 3 got me excited uh it was like the uh the reign of chaos um where like the infernals rained out of the sky yeah and, yeah uh, they beat the snot out of like the footmen and and the orc the grunt uh really really good cgi for the time um and then like out of nowhere uh world of warcraft started getting promoted and um, all we had was, like, cinematic videos. There wasn't a lot of gameplay represented. Um, but it was something to watch. And it was... It, it like, really, really caught people's eye. Um, 
and for someone like me, I had been so deeply invested in in Warcraft. Uh, like I loved Warcraft all the way from from the first entry. So like Warcraft one was significant for me. Yeah. Warcraft two was significant for me. Warcraft three I started to sort of fall off because I didn't like the way that the mechanics were being integrated yeah. and it was changing my real time strategy. <laughs> um, but I you know I still respected it. I was a Blizzard fanboy. So when World of Warcraft got announced, um, I was intrigued. But I was not financially in a position to to play this game properly. So then what happened um, was I bought a new computer. Oh, also, my computer couldn't handle it at the time. So I ended up buying a new computer. Um, one of my friends, um, the day of launch for, for World of Warcraft, buys World of Warcraft, sets the computer up. And I live down the street and I was just like, okay, cool. Well, OSAP just came in. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'll go buy Guild Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we set the computers up. Uh-huh. Um, he played World of Warcraft. I played Guild Wars. And here's where things got a little interesting. Guild Wars looked amazing on my bright, shiny new computer. But I kept wanting to go back and play Blizzard. Uh, the Blizzard game, so I kept wanting to play World of Warcraft because I wasn't getting grabbed by Guild Wars story. Yeah, it just wasn't doing it for me. Um, and even though it looked good, there was a bunch of bells and whistles and a bunch of familiar stuff. And just Azeroth was a place that I knew and I was interested in, and I really wanted to be a troll and to go <laughs> and mess up humans. Like that was something I wanted to do. I didn't even yeah. care that there were these stupid night elves. Like whatever. Well, who cares? Bah. Well, you know, that that was from the last game. I don't even care. Um, a lot of people were excited to be, like, undead. Um, and I guess another core mechanic in this game was you had to choose a faction. You had to choose a side, and you had to stick to that side with that character. You couldn't flip-flop, especially at the start. Um, now it's you pay a real-world money cost, and you can switch. Um but why would you want to yeah. you could just make <laughs> just, most people just make new characters on different servers so yeah that's yeah um but it, th- this was such a big thing like my friend's computer and eventually what we did is we just installed it on my computer too so two people could play it once um but that didn't work too well because it was just the one account and eventually what ended up happening is other people just created accounts and then people could play parallel, and it was it was a a land party, two thousand four land party for for WoW. Yeah, um, yeah. Like we had to be hooked up to the internet, of course, but uh, uh, until the internet got throttled throttled at that host because uh, our internet provider was like that at the time. Um, so yeah, and I didn't even live at that house, by the way. I would just leave my <laughs> computer there. Yeah. Um, which is nuts. <laughs> Which is just crazy. Um, but, th- th- yeah, the the pull of this game, and even a year later, I, w- I remember, because uh, this was, like, so many firsts. Like, it was my first new computer since I'd gone to university. I was in my first long-term relationship. I was sitting at a dinner table with a relative of my girlfriend at the time a year later. And he's just like, yeah, I play World of Warcraft with my kids. You know, it's something that brings us together. We can all do it together. We've each got a computer or a laptop. We just set things up, and then we we go on adventures. And I'm just like, that is such, like, the the mass appeal of this game. Like, that's just so yeah. cool. Yeah. 
Um, and and that's kind of really what the draw was for WoW. And maybe it's still there, but the problem is, like, the game's getting a little bit older. Yeah. But I think what I'll do... I mean, I can start talking about all of my engagements with this game, but I think what I'll do is I'll turn it back over to you. Why don't you talk about when you got into the game, what kept you into the game, and what you liked about it? Okay, this is going to be great, because uh, I got into the game initially uh, just, yeah, out of interest and in wanting to wanted to try it and jump into uh, the the Warcraft universe in a way that wasn't just an RTS. And uh, for those who weren't around for the initial launch days, uh, it was, from my perspective, pretty crap. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun to level up a bit. Things, especially like right after launch, um, like servers were janky and down all the time. There were still a gajillion bugs. Like it was n- not uh, not a smooth experience by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, back then, it also took a lot longer to level up. So when I first got into the game, it's kind of weird because one of the one of the experiences I had that was the most fun happened really early on. In those in those first couple of months, <clears throat> but I never even hit max level with uh, when I got into WoW in the first place. I made it. I think the first at first max level was sixty. I maybe made it to mid thirties, and never played it again. It just the, the gameplay got so dull to me. Yeah, I just I, ca- I couldn't. Too. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but one of the most enjoying parts of it. Man, I can't speak today. Um, it's okay. One of the things I, I enjoyed the most about it was uh, leveling up early on. There was an instance. So not only did World of Warcraft have big open worldy kind of things where you could run around and like stab boars in a forest and then stab farmers in a farmhouse and then stab farmers' boars in a farmer's barn. Um, there were instances where up to five people could go and do like a... a a hidden level kind of thing where nobody else in the world could interfere with you uh, instead of everybody else in the world, you know, always being around. Yeah. And in general, when you go into these, these five man instances, the, the premise is you have one character there who's a tank who, you know, makes lots of noise and all the enemies hit the tank. You have a healer who casts healing spells on your tank so that they don't die. And then three other people there to do damage, to kill everything while they're trying to kill your tank. And in the early days, I, I don't know, there weren't good ways to, sorry, there weren't easy ways to make groups. So nowadays you have a looking for group button, you just click it and, you know, pick what instance you want to do and pick your role. And then when it finds enough people to make your team, it teleports you to your instance and you go through it together. Mm-hmm. On launch, you had general chat <laughs> and you would type and look for groups and put them together manually the you know the old fashioned way and s- sometimes it just wouldn't happen so w- one of the most entertaining runs i had was through a five man instance and there were five of us and we were all rogues and by no mathematical 
reason should we have been able to get through that and we just rushed this instance it was so much fun it was it was just hilarious fun to to come at it and again it's that mold breaking that i really really love to do all the time right yeah so jumping into this little instance with five dudes who just you've got to coordinate stuff nobody's on voice comms so you kind of work out a rotation you couldn't mark mobs or anything so it's just oh it was kind of hectic and kind of kind of but like blazingly fast like crazy to do it was a ton of fun and Mm -hmm. that's one of the individual things that really stands out to me is having been a lot of fun i don't know if you could do that now might be harder in some instances than others um and i don't know character balance depending but yeah and it's also a very different game now yeah very different game Um, yeah, I remember doing something similar to that and that I broke the mold with my character because I chose to be, at the time we were playing Alliance, Uh, eventually I would just pay to switch him over to, to the, to the Horde, but I was a gnome mage and a lot of people weren't gravitating, especially at the start, a lot of people didn't gravitate towards the, the, the more, uh, complicated, um, classes. So like mage, healer, and, um, I guess like shaman and uh druid people weren't 100 percent sure how to deal with so you saw a lot of fighters you saw a lot of rogues people loved being rogues Mm -hmm. because you could sneak around and part of like part of the game was uh the pvp element so the potential of ganking your enemy so like running into if you're in alliance running into a horde player and causing trouble uh rogues just loved causing that kind of trouble um but uh, a lot of people also enjoyed playing hunters, even though hunters were a little more intermediate in handling your your uh, your creature. Um, but I liked playing a mage, and I I loved. I went down the uh, the engineer uh, um, profession side, yeah, the side profession, and I got. I think it was the goblin uh, defib. So every now and again, like, because healers were rare uh, in the in the very early days. Like, not a lot of people had them. Yeah. And if you had them, you guarded them and you never let other people play with them. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just wanted to raid with them all the time. Um, so, like, my brother was a healer. And if he ever went down, like, everybody would just assume, okay, this raid's done. But, it, but like, with having me in the party and being able to use that device... About one in three times I could get him back up because <laughs> yeah. there was a variability thing. Um, yeah. And that that was always fun. Like, just doing the gamble. It's like, oh, is this done Give or can shot. we keep going? Yeah. Um, nope, I crisp. Crisp. I, I turned him into a crisp. We're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to go. But, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, just what a, what an interesting, like, especially when it was brand new. Um what an interesting thing like what brought me back in because i was just like you like i stalled out i think i got to level 25 or something and i was just like oh and i wasn't paying for the subscription at the time it was somebody else's yeah there was a bunch of politics at that house and eventually like everybody just sort of um well a bunch of people went to to one place and a couple of people went to another and i like thank god i wasn't involved in it in any of that because it was <laughs> like really really petty mm-hmm. um but anyway, uh, so I stopped playing, and something happened around me 
which is that people in my family started playing. So uh, my uncle started playing, my brother started playing, and they were playing together. Um, and so they got really strong, and they kept each other motivated, and they just kept playing and playing and playing. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. like every time we'd go to family events, that's all they would talk about because I had a loose understanding of the game. I would talk to them about it. I would engage. And then what would eventually happen is they would talk me into playing. Yeah. And this would happen like every other family event. Yeah. So then, you know, the expansion comes out. Uh, I think it was uh, Burning Crusade. Yeah. They talk me into playing again. Um, they're just like, oh, you know, we'll level you up really quick. Everything will be awesome. Or you can just play Death Knight. And I'm just like, no, I'd rather just play my mage. Even though I did make a Death Knight and we had some fun. Um, so, and that was great because then we we do all like this end game content and just burn through it because my brother was like super leveled. Um, and I would get to see parts of the game and like engage with it in an accelerated pace instead of like the, the, the slow monotonous, um, which I'm not sure if that was the intent that it was supposed to be boring, but doing it by yourself, sometimes it really could be. Yeah. Uh, and that process happened with like, Every expansion, I think, except for the last one or two. <coughs> and we're talking, God, almost 14 years, right? It'll be 14 years this November uh, that this game's been out. Um, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> and I even, like, I, I even engaged with this last expansion and my brother didn't, which is a weird thing hmm. to say. Yeah. Um, my brother had no interest in, in playing this new expansion. He recently had a child, uh, and <laughs> it's a lot harder to play an MMORPG. Yeah. And I just, I don't think the interest is there anymore. He's moved on yeah. because there is, there's, there's better stuff out there. Um, and it's not hard to say it. Like yeah. we live in a time where there's so many good games out, you can just pick something else and do it. So, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk more about what kept you coming back? like um well it's the same thing kind of social social pressures like people wanted to play games together it it was um during the burning crusade era uh doing karazan for example was a ton of fun um yeah and that's uh, that's one of the two big learning things i want to get to i think um i i do before we get straight into end game i do still want to talk about leveling as a druid okay so that wound up being really, really good. Uh, the reason for that is, again, going back to the three kind of tank healer damage roles, druids have access to each of those roles. And while you're leveling, it can make a really big difference. It felt very dynamic to play because there was never any any downtime. You were never stopping to heal or rest up or lick your wounds or that kind of thing because there's just always druids can just kind of go and go and go and also in those five-man instances it doesn't matter what is happening and what's going wrong druids have a way to fix it it changes a little bit when you're at max level and you kind of have to be super specced into your role but when you're leveling as a druid you can be a tank or if you're supposed to be doing damage and your tank doesn't hold aggro you can become the tank. If your healer can't keep people up, you can help heal. If your healer dies, you could resurrect the healer and start tanking. Like, it doesn't matter what is happening or what's going on. You can 
tank, you can heal, you can do range damage, you can do melee damage, you can stealth around, you can res people in the middle of a fight. Just everything. Having a, a solid understanding of the game and your group's dynamics meant that you could exert a lot of control over a situation and, like, really, if on the ball and if with a bad group, <laughs> you could <laughs> you could save the day a lot. It was a ton of fun. You mean a group that is really testing the uh, the, the limits the, the limits of, of their skills. of the characters. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's uh, yes. um so that and i i I just i want to credit that because that is an experience that i i haven't had in any other game right um for for all the talk of wow being pretty simplistic at its core and i i can't really argue with that um that that's yeah that specific experience is one that i i haven't had anywhere else and again even within the game i owe that solely to having played a druid yeah there's not really any of the class that could do that kind of thing not not quite as well so that yeah that was that was a a neat thing (laughs) yeah um Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, like, uh, one of the major pros of this game, and so even though it's it's sort of a shadow t- a shallow type of gameplay, like, the, the, the combat is the combat in the game. Once you've seen, if you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times. Yeah. The surprises came from, like, instants, like, uh, raid bosses and stuff like that, yeah. um, but... Um, there was lots of customization. You had lots of choice, you know, between races, between factions, between uh, classes, and even then you would spec specifically. Um, there was different uh, trees you could go down for your class. Uh, the UI was very manipulatable, uh, which was nice. So you could, um, especially like hotkey selections. And it got modded uh, that, to high heaven. Yeah, there were third-party mods you could grab um, that made it even more um, intuitive and and uh, just helped in a lot of ways yeah. uh you could even set up your own macros that was nice um uh yeah i and i mean <clears throat> like in terms of cons like uh, these days the game is really starting to show its age i mean they've done really good uh really good work trying to graphically improve it yeah but um oh. it's the gameplay like the gameplay has it's remained the same for the last 14 years, even though they continue to increase the level cap, even though they continue to give each, um, they continue to produce new classes, but also give each class new abilities. Um, uh, that's where I say the gameplay gets tired. Um, also the wars occurring on Azeroth are starting to feel really contrived and unnecessary. <laughs> Some of the largest, worst elements of the world um, have been beaten or beaten back or um, silenced for now. And so now, like, the biggest, worst things are, theoretically, should be your characters, your player characters, because <laughs> they are who everybody has been relying on yeah. to solve the problems of the world for, I don't know, the last 14 years. Um, and, like, the writing in present day, it's just, it's not great. Like, I'm sorry if you are a Warcraft writer right now, but, like, yeah. oh, man, I, I think there, it is hard. I think there are some, 
I would be hard pressed to find them, but I think that there are some well-written quests or, or a few like nice snippy bits of dialogue here and there, or like kind of interesting uses of character. Um, but yeah, by and large, well, by and large, people don't even pay attention to the quest, to the text in the game, right? Like, Which is worse, I think, because people took time to write that text. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. a part of the game that they just ignore, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not great. Yeah. And and the, the text that people cling to will be, you'll be in a raid and, you know, there will be some boss who gives a war cry as he charges the group and it's supposed to be this epic moment and what happens everyone in the raid does like a yell emote of whatever back and yeah. just spams the chat uh, that's just what you get <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean um yeah so i mean that's pros cons uh now like what we learned mm-hmm. we can definitely uh dig in, into that i've got a few things i'm just going to outline them and then we can dive deeper into yeah. them if if you'd like yep. or you can also sort of uh, throw your own opinions on there so there's a zen of the grind thing going on um if you don't have that i don't know how you could survive playing this game so when i say zen of the grind i mean enjoy leveling the parts of the game that <clears throat> that are like the progression so grinding for gear um improving your impression uh impression uh professions um uh grinding for experience so improving your levels and then opening up new skills um if you don't like that at all then solo play is terrible and even uh, multiplayer play could be kind of tedious and boring um and <clears throat> If you do enjoy it, it is just such a value, a valuable experience for like private personal growth. Um, I always really enjoyed, there was like this weird Zen of like being this like super botanist slash geologist where I would go and like harvest all, all the plants and find all the, uh, the minerals. And this becomes even more fun once you have a, a flying mount, like you can fly around the world. Um, because you really sort of exercise where you can find all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> the value, mm, yeah, the value of story and lessons in what happened when a tale runs too long. So that's sort of what I was trying to get at in that I love the world of Warcraft. So I love Azeroth. It was always an interesting world mm-hmm. or as yeah, Azeroth or Azeroth. Um, I, I always really enjoyed that world, um, and man, it has gone through a hundred million calamities and also been thrown back in time and then thrown forward in time, and that's when things started to stop mattering. Um, I, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> um, so, whatever. <laughs> like, that. that's... Uh, it's one of the few worlds that's... Uh, that's been around and been manipulated so much that I just don't care. And it was a lesson I had to learn. So that, that, okay, I'm going to stop you there because that's incredibly interesting to me because one of the big reasons they did a bunch of that going back and forth in time rubbish was so that players could take part in some of the more monumental battles in terms of the history and the story of the game. Yeah, but I already took part in those when they happened. Right, like I was there when the dark part, dark portal opened, and the orcs 
like came, came out through. I was the, I was the orcs yeah. right I won I won Warcraft <laughs> one um beat it right? did it done yeah did it um <laughs> like I wasn't there for the stuff that happened prior which is what happened in the recent warlords like the the whole tempting with the demons and stuff and that all comes out really really comes out in world or uh Warcraft 3 and like they, yeah, they leaned into that yeah, story and they just wrote it to the ground yeah um <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that I, I mean, that's an interesting thing to sort of grab onto. Um, there's a, a value of um, a dedicated community of millions of players, and how how they use online resources to improve gaming experience, either for yourself or for others. Like the people who build these awesome like wikis or uh, walkthroughs, FAQs. That is just such. And like WoW was really one of the first communities to to accomplish this in such a large scale because it was just such a successful game. It's one of the biggest so communities, people, yeah. Yeah, so many people became so obsessed about it, um, and it it was easy for this content to just suddenly appear and for you to be able to use it um, conveniently, and um, yeah, I guess easily. Uh, and that that was just such a cool thing, um, like. Okay, you've never done this instance before. Well, guess what? There is a walkthrough. Uh, there may even be ten. You can look at whatever one you want and then decide what you actually want to do before mm-hmm. going in, or you can just go in, or you can even add your own, or you can send comments into the person who walked uh, wrote the walkthrough. Like there's there's so many different things that you could do, um, like cooperative play instances and raids forced you into a role. It tested your skills, and then it ensured that you were up to the task following orders and performing your class's role. So if you went into an instance and it was at the level that you were supposed to be at and you weren't just getting carried by somebody else who was trying to to help you out, um, you needed to know what you were doing Mm -hmm. because messing around led to one of the most famous memes, memes of the time, Leroy Jenkins, where you just run in and things go to hell. <laughs> like, they just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody hated you. Uh, the The earliest forms of toxic uh, group culture <laughs> really came through if you tried to do raids in a random group um, or instances in a random group just trying to meet people online. Um, people will get mad. Yeah. Do you remember ever doing that? Did you ever try to do that yourself? Just like join randoms and do something like uh, you probably did that in an expansion. But did you ever do that right at the start? No, I never did any vanilla raiding because 40 mans couldn't. No, no. I, I, um, the dude I lived with in St. Catharines was, uh, was, uh, in a fairly progressive guild, I think. Uh, And he was one of their main tanks and, uh, just being in the same room as that experience made me like hate just everything. <laughs> Stupid. Oh it, no, I would not have been able to do a forty man even with people I knew and loved and were competent with. Yeah, I just yeah. the the whole experience just so much time going into a tiny slim chance of something and then oh no, thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, I feel like they stopped. Do you remember when they stopped? Stopped what? I th- uh, 40 man raids. They were like, they were done by Northrend, weren't they? 
Uh, I think... I'm not even sure how many 40 mans, if any, there were in Burning Crusade. Like, their very first expansion. Yeah. Uh, I know Burning Burning Crusade had 10 mans and had 25 mans. I'm not sure if... Yeah, because I don't think there were any 40 mans in BC. There were... Alterac Valley was still around, I think. Oh, So wow. there was the 40-man PvP. Yeah. But I... I don't think there were 40-man instant uh, raids anymore. I think I just messed up a uh, timeline, which isn't hard for this game. Well, yeah, uh, to, I, yeah I think before when you said BC, I think you were thinking Wrath. Yeah, I was thinking Which is actually, Wrath. those are the only two expansions I think I played. Yeah. Or did I, I think I played something after those. Um, Cataclysm, maybe? No. No, Warlords. I think I played Warlords, maybe. You played Warlords? Warlords was like two ago, and then there was uh, like an, uh, oh, another Burning Crusade-ish one that Illidan came back for. Oh, and good. Then, yeah, you know, <laughs> He's a as good guy. one does. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, they unlocked the Demon Hunter, so you, that's a class you can play now. Um, <laughs> and, if you yeah. care. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, pa- <laughs> yeah, I, I played Pandara. That was fun. Um, it's strange because uh, yeah. I had always wanted to play a Pandara in character, and I still haven't made <laughs> one yet. But I, I, I don't know if I really care. Um, uh, anyway, um, I, I kind of want to push home the value of understanding your role within a group uh, while playing World of Warcraft because I feel like if you can successfully raid, like continuously successfully raid with a group of people it means you understand the value of each person's role you've learned how to trust them you've learned how to grow as a team and you perform (laughs) as a team um and that is it's really hard to explain how valuable that is and how that transfers over into the real world and how rarely you see it happen yeah. And I don't know why it's so rare, but like in your professional life, I really just hope that at some point you run into a situation where everybody performs their role at peak efficiency as they should, um, or at least even just at, at uh, <laughs> mediocre efficiency, but like are able to perform their roles in a way that keeps everything running smoothly and um, productively, right? Like that you enjoy watching the machine work. Mm -hmm. You also enjoy watching the machine break when you don't have to fix it. (laughs) (laughs) When it's someone else's machine. (laughs) But when you are on that machine and it is breaking down and you're one of the cogs that falls out and then everything burns. um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fun to talk about later, not fun to be a part of. And I was in a lot of groups in WoW. I've been in, I've been in jobs where that happens. Um, so like being able to like being able to take charge, be a leader in in a raid or a, in a really difficult instance and being able to tell people what to do, but also being able to um, trust that people will actually perform those roles. Um, not easy to do, uh, even harder to properly execute. Calling targets, which is a big thing, like you could actually mark targets uh, with symbols and then be like, okay, uh, triangle, we're going to do this, or you could use colors. So like purple, we're going to do this, green, we're going to do this, orange, we're going to do this, and I need you guys to do that. 
one, two, three, go, and then you do it. Um, that's, yeah, it's just such an interesting set of skills. Um, and it, it, it literally, it's management. Like, that is yeah. management. Management and, um, and just the way that that filters out properly. Uh, yeah. Oh, <coughs> and so similar doesn't with, always work. Similar with uh, Mr. Leroy, there was also the uh, viral video about uh, an Onyxia raid with the whelps and the dude screaming, more dots, more dots, more dots, stop dots, many whelps, left side, handle it, blah, blah, blah. That, uh, the guy who... Um, ran that guild actually got called up constantly f- by other people because uh, much to much, similarly to the AU gamers guild we did not progress very well um, there were a few of us who would go and do pugs go do random groups to progress because because yeah. AU gamers never really had it shit together as a as a <laughs> as a group it's yeah, never never yeah. did um and again, there's nothing wrong with that because that that wasn't what that group was about, you know. Uh, yeah. But people had a hard time. And an element of that is that a a raid leader needs to, in this case, uh, not be a friend or get emotional or be upset about things. It, it boils down to people doing their jobs, and you fucking do it or go away kind of thing and so this guy got called up all the time because his his response to things breaking down even in the slightest in this raid is so overwhelming that like you feel like you need to listen to him he's not going to hold back and say oh maybe could you not could you try not standing in the fire next time so you don't burn to death like a fucking idiot um he's going to be screaming at you before you're even close to the fire and some people need that kind of tight leash hit them with a stick kind of thing to make them do the right thing (laughs) and if you don't have the person to do that yeah your guilds uh aren't gonna go as far as they could really yeah so you know i i've been you encounter stuff like that every now and again uh when you're gaming um it pops up in some really unusual places like uh for me uh, my favorite example is when i played mech warrior online with my friend jamie and we were playing in an actual faction battle, like um, so. The results of, of the battle mattered. Um, it was a bunch of people. We all got put together. None of us really knew each other. And um, somebody took the leadership role and started telling us what to do and coordinating us. So it's like a group of a bunch of different mechs, all customized to the way, however it is you wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had a certain role and you had certain types of mechs on hand. He'd be like, okay, lights go do this, mediums go do this, and like things weren't going our way at first, and people were kind of resisting what this guy was saying or not listening to him. But near the end of the battle, um, he formed us into like a firing line, like a legitimate firing line that was functioning the way that it was supposed to, and we were able to beat back our enemies because they didn't have the same type of leadership mm-hmm. and coordination, and we, we won that battle. Um, and what's unfortunate about wow is wow didn't have that sort of dynamic environment where there was enough time that you could maybe get your shit together it's like when things go south in a raid like you get wiped you restart yeah yeah um 
And I mean, uh, again, like that's also a difference of time. It's a difference of genre. It's a difference of um, playing mechanics, like so many different things. Right. Um, I think the closest to that, that I ever experienced with wow would have been when I was uh, studying computer sciences. Uh, During that time, Alterac Valley was released as a new PVP ground. Uh, Alterac Valley was the big, like, 40-man, kind of half PvE, half PvP. It was a big map. You had to, like, conquer a bunch of points and then kill the enemy's commander. Was that the one with the airship? No. Okay. No. Um, It was all on the ground. There There were, like... No, it wasn't the the mine lumber mill. Whatever the other thing was, it was um. Oh shoot! It was ages ago. That's what it was. That's <laughs> okay. Anyways, so, keep going. Keep so going. the the battles were often twenty to thirty minutes, and they were long enough that you could kind of you know out the gates. People kind of tried this. Always tried the same. You know, smash forward. If we wash over the other team entirely, we can kind of just parade through. But sometimes you would get into fairly lengthy battles and people would be going back and forth kind of trying to uh, protect this commander or that commander because you had to um, like kill lieutenants before you could kill the commander or the commander would be twice as hard to kill or that kind of thing. So the lieutenants would be easy to kill, so only a couple people would go there usually. So if you could win a small fight there, it might actually help down the line so if you won two or three of these small skirmishes yeah yeah if you won a couple of those small skirmishes without uh really sending it you know pulling too many resources aside you could really stall out the other team and there's there's some interesting interplay there so that that's uh, i don't know how often again ages ago i don't know how often people would have called that stuff out even in the later pvp stuff i did uh bigger groups like 10 or 15 men i i don't I don't recall there being a lot of cold coordination. It was probably just really hard to do with randoms in a PvP environment. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm. Also, like, I was never... I was personally never in a large um, clan? Is it clan or guilds in... Wow, I think it's, whatever. I think, yeah, I think it's guild. But yeah, I was never game. in a large guild. I think we got up to maybe ten total yeah. and it was never everybody on at the same time yeah. and some people it was like multiple um characters so um yeah. never touched that um i expect it was probably very similar to what uh it was like for large um corporate ops in yeah. eve online yeah and i i was involved in stuff like that and it was interesting um yeah. but also a lot of work and a lot of coordination yeah it was really cool being in a bigger group, like a 15-man PvP or a world PvP thing, with, you know, two or three other people, just to have yeah. a tight squad actually working together on comms in a small area could really, really, really have a significant impact. Yes, yes. Traditionally, yeah. Um, coordinated squad versus a bunch of randoms. Um, Often hilarious. Those- yeah (laughs) coordinated familiar squad so like people who know what they're doing and are able to function as a unit um yeah and again uh value significant value in that like working with somebody you're familiar with 
performing the roles you're supposed to or you're used to performing and just being like having that expertise and also that reliance on others without concern that they're going to drop the ball yeah. is like it's so I, I can't overstate how valuable that is in like our our corporate uh capitalist culture <laughs> yeah and any kind of team working any kind of collaboration is yeah. ends up being really really important yep i mean even just in life yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. at the end of the day just in life being, being being able to function well with other people yeah like being reliable and being able to count on other people it's kind of a yeah kind of kind of a big deal yeah um, oh yeah, and, okay, and so even in terms of scheduling with people, like if we have Tuesday nights w- was our raid night, and then if you know the people would try and make it out Tuesday night, then Thursday would not be raid night for anyone. It was you know with our group, I whatever <laughs> day it was. So that's you know that's funny because that is also so valuable. Like uh, scheduling became such a big deal for this game as well yep. how often like did you <laughs> there, were, there was no other game like that at the time there were mods um, people made mods so that guilds could coordinate like voting for times and scheduling and see who could make it out and make sure we have enough main tanks for this 25 man and you know we can't do this other 10 man at the same time unless you know Quijibo isn't over there and blah 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 so yeah yeah a lot of just dealing with rubbish scheduling mm. but so i'm i'm just i'm trying to think um there's you know there's so much value uh that comes out of this sort of uh, this sort of game but also like now when i go back it is just so hard can't play it yeah it is so <laughs> hard um i just i don't want to do that yeah every single story beat that i hit i was like really well i think that's what's happening and i think it's really important to note that the mechanics keep us away and everything that we learned and pulled away from the game again nothing to do with the mechanics it's all about that social work all about being in a group all about teamwork all about knowing your shit and doing your job yeah 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 um hmm Uh, do we want to bring this to like a summary or uh, I, I guess the only other thing I would say was that it was a very different experience whether you were uh, just a member of a raid or leading a raid. A slight difference between 10 or 25 men and definite difference between um, in-guild or a public one. Those were kind of like six different kinds of like kinds of experiences that you could have. Mm-hmm. with rating and they were all a little bit different and still interesting i don't know was, <laughs> okay yeah you could pull different stuff from any any combination of those mm. did you ever just fly across the world to see it uh not that i'm aware of okay yeah, because eventually they put in um, achievements for that that would just give you experience. And one time I like super oh. leveled my guy by just flying around to look at the world. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> they also uh, put in like a Pokemon game. Um, oh yes. 
uh, and that <laughs> that motivated me to explore places that I hadn't been in a long, long time, I think, or I'd never gone to, and that I, was such a goofy, goofy thing. I, was gonna was say, just, I think I uninstalled uh, that day. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the last time that I played the game prior to the latest expansion, there was just so much bloat. Like, so many different features mm. that you didn't have to engage with, but you could if you wanted to. Yeah. And so many things in the game. Okay, you know what? Yeah, we've got, so, we've got some things to talk about still. Tutorials within this game. How well did this game teach you how to play it? I would say... Not. Not. <laughs> not, not very well at man. all. No. <coughs> but you, the, the mechanics yeah. were simple enough. That, yes. That's that's what it boiled down to. There there was very little to be confused by. They took a game, they like took EverQuest and cleaned up the interface. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, um, or alternatively, they took the Diablo interface and they just gave you a bigger taskbar. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting um, because when you look. When I look at my character when I log in now, I've got this enormous taskbar with a bunch of skills all in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking 1 to 10 filled, and then I've got the control 1 to 10 filled above it. And I can either click or I can hit control or shift and, and hit those. And then I've got a sidebar with a bunch of stuff on it, too. Yeah. Um, two sidebars, actually. Um, and uh, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And nobody taught me, like, sorry, no, my brother taught me how uh-huh. to set all that up. Yeah. Like, there was no orc in a town that's just like, you could go to bed, you yeah. and go into settings and such and such like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was all just stuff I had to learn for myself. Um, yeah. Hmm. Or even a bunch of the, hmm. like, a bunch of the mechanics themselves. Like, you don't, nobody ever tells you, you know, if you're on a mountain, you get hit for so much damage, you're dismounted and dazed. You just that's not a thing that's written anywhere. When it happens to you, you don't know why. You know, any yeah. anything that's some of the a, systems didn't have a lot of transparency. Anything that was a confuse or a mez or a or a root or anything like that, none of it was necessarily transparent. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, until you went online and you were just like, oh, this has a duration of this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Unless this. And then it's a duration of this. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, that's why I lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Is this good yellow or bad yellow? Oh, bad yellow. Yeah. Bad yellow. <laughs> bad yellow. Oh, these circles, I shouldn't be in them. Mm-hmm. But these circles, I need to stand in or else I'll die. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. Some some of the some of the boss battle stuff was just so goofy. Um Stand over here. Dance over here. Mm. Don't be here. <laughs> you will die. Yeah. Um, don't hit him when he's doing this. Hit him when he's doing this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, in summary, like World of Warcraft, what a game. Glad it, it's around. It, now, here's the thing. Will people... I don't think our kids are going to play this game. No, ever. I don't think they will understand what it is, but it's had such a profound impact on the MMORPG landscape that every time anybody else tries to launch an MMORPG, it kind of just withers and fails, right? And it's not because of WoW, but like you'll notice nobody's really making an MMORPG right now. 
that seems to sustain this, the same type of community or catch the global interest. Yeah. Um, it It is important to notice that even by Blizzard's admission, the only reason WoW was a success was because of the bankroll behind it. It was a massive failure for way longer than any contemporary games f- fail. Like, if it had been released by a smaller company, it would not have been a success. It would have shut down. It, it right. would not have lasted to Burning to Crusade. But because it was Blizz, and they said, oh, geez, you know what? We're 17 million in the hole with this one. Uh, let's just throw three more and see what happens because our projections are kind of coming up. <laughs> and then they started printing money. <laughs> yep. So, um, like, good business decisions there. But, yeah, it's it's tough to say whether or not there's something similar that's on the horizon or if it's being attempted even, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a very dangerous game to try and attempt um, an MMORPG in 2018. Um, it would have to be really good. <laughs> like, really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's And, and, hmm. and monthly subscriptions are a harder, harder, harder thing for companies to get away with now, too. Unless it's a streaming company, and then you don't even notice it, right? You pay for that Netflix, and you got it. Yeah, I mean for like a, a game sub, though. Mm. Now, here's where things are getting interesting, because that's where the model is starting to shift. Like, every single console right now has an online subscription that you can pay for that then also comes attached with games occasionally. Um, oh, okay. So the actual monthly subscription is about as strong as it's ever been, if not stronger, because so many people are actually paying for it. It's just not game dependent. It's uh, it's like a parent company dependent. Isn't that? Um, sorry, go ahead. Isn't that? Sorry, I, I genuinely don't know. Isn't that just like to be on Xbox Live or PlayStation Live or whatever, <coughs> like just to have access to online multiplayer for your console? That is now the model. Yes, you have to pay. Yeah, but that would be different than everyone. I mean, that would be different than those people then also paying $15 a month to play new RPG. Yes, a little bit, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the like the monthly subscription still works in a number of different forms. Yeah. Like people still still pay it for streaming services. People still pay it for the right to play um, games online, even though you could do it all on your computer already. Uh, <laughs> but uh-huh. it's the console. It's the console thing. It's just how it works, I yeah. guess. Um, it's yeah it's still out there and it's still strong and it still works it's just uh yeah just within games it's becoming a harder sell within games individual games themselves you don't see it as often but i feel like if something had the content and could hold the people's interest it would maybe i don't know because uh, so so many do the free to play model now and then just uh, aesthetic payments, right? Yeah. yeah. Get those microtransactions, I, which is still, man. Thank you, Wells. <laughs> it's just 
Yeah, it's so it's it's strange. Yeah. Um okay, well I think maybe we'll swerve out of wow unless there's anything else you want to say. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. That's good for yeah, wow. I, I, yeah, I had a lot of stuff. We can always come back, and if anybody has any opinions that they have on the game, they're more than welcome to communicate them to us at mm-hmm. learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so, yeah. Um, next section that we're going to roll into is what can you teach us? Now, Stu, I checked the email. I sent out the word a while ago. You also sent out a message to see if anybody wanted to uh, communicate anything to us about World of Warcraft or even just anything. We got nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I've got nothing. I I don't know anybody who's still actively playing WoW, so that wasn't a huge surprise to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just interested to see if anybody wanted to share any like stories of glory or things that they had learned yeah. or things that they valued like valuable experiences. Yeah. So, um, nobody came back. So not a big deal. Um, which means I guess we can just roll into our, our next section, which is what have you been playing? <laughs> so Stu, what have you been playing? <laughs> or the past couple of weeks I've gotten, uh, I've actually played a bunch of smite. Um, I think there have been a, f- a few evenings over the past couple of weeks that have played two or three matches with uh, with our buddy Stinger. A um, little bit of Hexels just to shut my brain down at night. Um, and we did we had an evening of Wildlands. Uh, we we've started three of us started characters in I think it's called Ghost Mode, which is it's basically hardcore characters <laughs> in this really bad uh arcade shooter that sometimes has leg desync issues it's hilarious but uh, only one of us died so <laughs> that was good after a few hours i think it's it's an easy drop in drop out uh it should should prove to be fun but we've only had the one so evening so far that's ghost recon wildlands right yeah yeah okay cool Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just have haven't <laughs> haven't played a ton of anything the last couple weeks. Probably won't over the next <sighs> while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> till Christmas. Uh, yeah, B- well, busy days. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Cool. How about I you? mean, at least you were able to try a, a few things. So. Yeah. Um, I've been playing, uh, when I, when I have the opportunity, I played Into the Breach on Switch. Oh, nice. Um, that is a great, great little game. Um, I've unlocked more mechs now, which adds so much variability to it. Like, I can just choose, okay, do I want this mech? Do I want this pilot? I hear that when you get to the end of the game, not a huge, huge spoiler, but, uh, the mechs, the final set of mechs that you can unlock are just, uh mechanical versions of the bugs that you're fighting um which is kind of fun um i'm interested to know which bugs because there's more than three and you only ever have three mechs so Uh, um yeah yeah. but i do really really like the play style um you know so it's turn-based the enemy's attacks are projected you know where they're going to hit and it's up to you to try and resolve how that's going to play out um 
so it's all very responsive. You can try to be proactive, but with like only three units compared to what might be on the board, it can be very difficult. Yeah. I've gotten to the end game state, but I still haven't won it yet, even with the the mechs that I have unlocked. Um, and I'm just gonna have to keep trying. But uh, yeah, just sort of ran out of time and was doing other stuff. Um, but great, great turn based strat. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that a lot. It's pushing all the buttons that turn based strats should push. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm really enjoying it. I think a part of it, and part of it that draws me to it, is that mm-hmm. you as the player have all the initiative. And I think that makes yes. all the difference for a game like that. Yes. There are right answers Yeah, in that game. Um, if you have, like, it's it's a chess game. It's literally um, move here, do this, and you can succeed. But it's you just have to look at the board and figure out how it's going to play out. And the only variability, I think, is where the insects come in. Because uh, there are spawn points, but they are different every other round, I think. So, mm-hmm. um that is where things get a little complicated and I think like the the number of bugs and stuff that come on the board increases based on difficulty. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time in easy. I recently played um, a mission or I played a run on normal and didn't realize it and I actually did pretty well. I cleared a couple of islands nice. um, which is good for me. Yeah. Um, before I realized that it was still on normal <laughs> and once I realized it was on normal suddenly you it got panicked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just did things magically got harder and then I lost. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, very unforgiving game. And part of the point is to lose. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I have been enjoying it. Um, so, a good example of a failure state. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting game. I, I really have enjoyed playing it. Okay, so uh, other stuff that I've been doing is uh, Infinity, the game, for tabletop. I'm part of a league right now, so it's an Escalation League. Um, so anytime you play in an escalate, Escalation League for a miniature game, uh, you start with really small armies. So the standard point value for an army for Infinity is 300 points, and that's, I don't know, that can be anywhere from 10 to uh, 20 to 25 models, depending on what kind of asshole you are. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, one of our local miniature gurus has been putting it on. His name's Ash. Uh, he's always been really into Infinity. And... Um, I, I used to love it. I used to love it, but I actually sold my armies to get um, uh, to get a War Machines army, which I don't play with anyone. Way to <laughs> go. Whereas people, people have started playing Infinity again, and now I didn't have an army, mm-hmm. so I just started collecting models slowly again. I've actually been painting them, nice. so that's been taking a lot of time. That's why I haven't played too much else. And I've been playing games of Infinity, which is uh, rare. <laughs> rare to play miniature games mm-hmm. but it gets me out of the house it gets me meeting people face face to face and the, the guys who are playing it are actually pretty cool so um yeah been doing that and it's been a good time my painting game is really starting to escalate um in that i mean it's not out of this world awesome eye popping but compared to what i used to do man like i i'm starting to feel pretty good about it nice that's a good thing yeah. too yeah. And I don't hate it 
as much as I used to. Uh, that <laughs> that must be wonderful. Painting. Yeah. Yeah, I used to hate painting. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to painting. I've got uh, what, five more guys I've got to paint before next Thursday, I think. So um, I've just got them primed, but um, I did it last week, so I can do it again this week. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an issue. And that's what I got. Nice. That's what I'm doing. Nice, nice. So uh, do you have any questions, or should we bring this baby to a close? Um. We can probably kill it. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then um, I want to thank you, Stu, and I also want to thank the audience for taking the time to listen. Yeah. I really hope, and I, I, I hope Stu hopes, <laughs> that you have enjoyed <laughs> yourselves. Uh, Stu, did you have anything you wanted to plug this week? Um, coming up soon is going to be the, the uh, extra live stream. Um, eventually, when we're putting up an episode, I'll just hack into it and say, it's the time for the things, and plug it there. Because, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, who knows when this is going to go up? This might actually be up after Extra Life. It shouldn't be, but it might be. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, actually, it I probably be, will be. Because uh, so, I'm, I'm releasing every other week right now. So, so pay, uh, pay, 26 will be out so next week. So pay attention, and I hope, hope Extra Life was great. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> nice Way yeah it. on it yeah. nailed it uh anything else you wanted to talk about uh no no that's good it's good uh make sure you check out the uh check out the link to the video that we'll have for um um the video that we talked about at the beginning for oh, failure states Stewie, you're great yeah you're great okay um well then uh, i'm gonna say if uh, if miniature wargaming is your thing, check out Gorilla Miniatures Gaming on uh, on YouTube. That's actually Ash's. Uh, that's his channel, and he plays all kinds of niche games as well as all kinds of popular games. So um, anything from Dark Age, which is something I've talked about before, to War Machine, to 40K, to to Infinity. He's got a lot of Infinity videos, um, and uh, yeah. Uh, just go check it out uh, if you're on YouTube uh, look for gorilla as in gorilla warrior not the animal but uh, the tactic um, with a U instead of an O um, and uh, you should be able to find his channel without much issue and then it'll be pretty obvious that it's his channel because it is a bunch of miniature gaming videos um yeah just want to plug him here uh he's doing some great work getting our community together for infinity so that was really cool and he's also supporting like one of our new local miniature stores that just opened up uh that's one of the reasons why he's doing it he's, he's trying to get us in there to buy stuff from this guy yeah. um, yep, yep. or through this guy and also grow like a get the community, community going that he likes yeah yeah um i'd also like to thank dimitri for our music i want to thank joe for our art um, and I want to thank you, the listener, for listening, yeah. and Stu for being awesome. Uh, so if you want to know more about Learn From Gaming Podcast, we're on social media. Um, I do most of my updates on Facebook, but we also have Twitter. So if you're on Facebook or Twitter, just look for uh, Learn From Gaming Podcast, and you'll find us. Yeah. You'll you'll recognize the, the icon and the signature art from Joe. Thank you, Joe. Um, don't check our website because it doesn't exist anymore. 
Uh, sorry for that. Hopefully it's, well, no, I'm not going to promise that it's fixed by at the time you hear this. Because uh, we're, we're also hosting on Podbean. So just go over to Podbean and look for Learn From Gaming Podcast and you'll find us there for now. Um, once the website is back up, I'll make a really big deal about it on all of the outlets. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll even like patch in to the yeah, episode to that we're sure. releasing at yeah. the time and, and announce yeah. it. Um, so yeah. Uh, if you want to hear us also make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Google sound and, uh, yeah, give us a rating if you got some time and that's something you feel like doing. Um, I don't know if it really helps us, <laughs> but we like to hear nice Probably things doesn't about hurt. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I think we can probably shut this baby down. So yeah. Thanks again for your time and thank have you, a wonderful Steve. forever. Yeah, 14 years as long as World of Warcraft has been out. A wonderful longer than 14 years. Come on. It could be much longer. They had like that special dragon that could time warp. Could be forever. Again, happy forever. Happy forever. <laughs> All right.